Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. In order to support this show and keep providing you tons of free content week after week, we need the help of some great advertisers. And we want to make sure those advertisers are ones that you actually want to hear about. But we need to learn a little bit more about you to make that possible. So go to podsurvey.com slash she and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better so that we can bring on advertisers that you won't want to skip through. Once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. But again, that's P-O-D com slash she. Thanks for your help. Hey, hey, friends. I am so excited to chat with you guys today because today I'm bringing on my friend Kat and we are just going to share our stories um, when it comes to what can happen when we overwork ourselves trying to keep up, um, trying to, you know, make a way. I think there's so much pressure in our society, even maybe in our own hearts. I don't know about you, but I believe I'm an Enneagram 3, but I also wonder if I'm an 8. We've been saying I'm a 3 as a joke because <laughs> we can't decide which one I really kind of fit into because I kind of draw elements of both, meaning I really thrive during, you know, high energy and high stressful situations more so than other, you know, Enneagram numbers or other types of people. So that's great for a while, but then I crash hard. Um, And so I know that about myself and I've experienced some different um, in the last year or so, you know, just how pressure can really get to us and how stress can really get to us and how burdensome, like overwhelm can be. And I'm kind of the first person to, you know, tell you, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, get to work, you know, kick butt, work hard. Um, But I think there's also a fine balance in that. And that's something Kat and I are going to talk about today. Um, Kat has a really amazing story and just a very interesting story and also very relatable. And I was able to echo a few things that we got to talk about And I'm excited for you to hear this conversation just because it really is such a picture of two women that were, you know, just kind of on this hamster wheel and going and going and going. And sometimes, I mean, up until that point, neither of us had experienced complete burnout. Neither of us had experienced how that can take a toll on our mental health and how that can lead to anxiety attacks, all of that. So while we're not counselors by any means, you know, we're not trying to offer you the magic solutions here. Um, Kat just has quite the experience with it. And I've gotten a little touch of what that really can do as well in my own life. So because of that, I thought, what better person to bring on and really be able to dive into this conversation on, let's just get real about mental health. You know, not from a medical perspective, not from a we have all the answers perspective, but just, you know what, sister, we've been there too. Now you might have a totally different story. You, you know, might struggle with anxiety in a chronic way or a totally different way than maybe she and I did. You might struggle with depression or something else, but we live in a world that's so loud and so fast paced. And it's so hard to kind of bring it back and center ourselves. And I also think it's kind of hard to have these conversations still. So bear with us. We're going to have this conversation. We're going to be as vulnerable as we can. We're going to, Kat's going to offer you some great tips. I was so encouraged by everything that she got to share 
from a spiritual perspective to a physical perspective to a practical perspective and everything in between. So if you've just been like, you know, I wish more people would just talk about their experiences with burnout or mental health or the effects that that can have and life can have and our world can have, this is the episode for you. If you feel alone, this is the episode for you. If you feel stuck, this is an episode for you. If you feel like you're the only one or no one understands, I think you're really going to love this. So before we dive into the conversation and before you get to hear this conversation that I got to have with Kat, I want to just tell you a little bit about what she does and who she is so that you can learn more about her, have some context, and even go look her up. So Kat is a Brooklyn-based speaker. She's also a digital content creator and a female empowerment advocate. She loves Jesus, a good Beyonce dance party, and has an affinity for ranch dressing. And I honestly love that about her. She is the co-founder of an online publication called The Refined Woman and host of The Refined Collective podcast. I actually had the privilege of being on her podcast. So after you listen to this one, go check out her podcast, The Refined Collective, but listen to this episode first. (laughs) Um, Her vision is for women to know their beauty, identity, and value. And she believes in the power of story. She believes that done is better than perfect, that quality triumphs over quantity, and that the journey truly is the destination. And I'm over here, praise hands, amen. She sounds awesome, right? So without further ado, I give you my conversation with Kat. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. All right, you guys, I am super excited for you to meet my friend Kat. Kat, can you say hello to everyone real quick? Hey, guys, what's going on? Happy, I don't know what day to say, but happy day. (laughs) (laughs) Happy day, I love it. Uh, You guys, I'm so excited because Kat and I today are going to be talking about tackling and living with anxiety, and Kat has a really... Uh, just awesome story. And I think she can really speak into this really well. And I actually got to meet Kat a couple of weeks ago in person. We've connected online. I got to be on her podcast, The Refined Collective. You should definitely check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got to meet her in New York City a couple of weeks ago. And we sat, Kat, how long did we sit there sit, talking about life? Oh my gosh. I think it was like an hour and a half or something, but it like flew by. And it was just so much fun. Like you guys are both there and we just like, instantly dives into the deep end and we're talking about life and heart and like deep stuff. It was was so fun. It was great. It was like uh, kindred spirits for sure. And even with Mm -hmm. having my husband there, the three of us just talked for a couple of hours. We totally skipped our dinner reservation. It was so worth it. It was great. (laughs) It was awesome. So we're going to be talking about anxiety today and just sharing your story a little bit. And so I just want to kind of give you the floor. Would you mind sharing with me and also the listeners a little bit of the backstory and your experience and wrestling with this common but super difficult um, problem that so many of us face, which is anxiety. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I mean, for most of my life, when I heard people talk about anxiety or stress, I had such little empathy. And there's this thing about me that I'm really working on. And it's that I have a hard time having empathy if I haven't experienced it. And Mm -hmm. I think that my struggle with anxiety, I'm like, dear Lord, please like help me to be empathetic without having to like go through the ringer. Um, I remember about five years ago now I was at a conference and Rebecca Lyons was speaking at it and she was talking about moving to New York city and her, her experience 
with this debilitating anxiety. And I sat there in the audience and I was like, this woman needs to go take a nap or something. Why is she so stressed out? Mm. Um, I just couldn't really relate to what she was talking about. Um, and the funny or not so funny thing was that less than a year later, I experienced my first crippling anxiety attack. And up until this point, I graduated college, I moved to California, and long story short, I got into the photography industry, started my own business, was by coastal between LA and New York, and then started this online publication, The Refined Woman. So I was running two businesses, I was hustling my butt off, mm -hmm. I was willing to do anything and everything for my career. If it meant working 18 hour days, I was willing to do it. And if it meant going to fashion week and sneaking into fashion shows and make networking and working all day and editing all night to get the job, I would do it because I loved it and I was passionate about it. And I kind of got into this rhythm that I didn't quite necessarily know was un unhealthy because by this point I was living in New York City and I think there's different energies over different parts of the world. New York is a place where you are what you do. Mm -hmm. You matter because of how many hours you're working. So here I was in this new city surrounded by people that are working 80, 90, 100 plus hours a week and I was just one of them. But I started skipping meals in New York because I was quote unquote too busy or I would look up and be like, Oh my gosh, it's 4 PM and I've been so busy working. I haven't remembered to eat today. So there were some rumblings of unhealthiness and looking back 2020 hindsight, I can see that there were some smoke alarms going off in my life, but I kind of had this athlete's mentality uh, push through, ignore the pain, go, 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 persevere. Mm -hmm. You'll, if it's not hard, it's not, it's not worth it. If it's not hard, you're not growing. And so I, I had sort of developed, I was having heart palpitations every night before I went to bed. Hmm. And I would literally, I was like, oh, I must just be sleeping on my wrong side. Even though I would wake up like gasping for air every single night and it was really scary. I just, kind of like, uh, whatever. Um, I developed this rash all over my body and I jokingly called it my New York city rash because whenever <laughs> I would leave, it would go away. And really? I would try, well, it was stress. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Our bodies physically manifest stress. So true. And I, you know, I, I went to different doctors. They thought I had ringworm. They thought I was allergic to gluten. And I would get medication or get off gluten, and it would help momentarily or for a few weeks, but then it would come back. Hmm. And then what happened is, so all this is going on, and I'm noticing it, but I was just kind of like, I'm too busy. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm too busy. I'm too important. I'm running this business. I'm trying to pay rent. And what it really felt like is like, oh my gosh, it feels like my life is up to me. It yeah. feels like my future is up to me. And if I ain't working, I ain't working. I don't have paid time off. I don't have a company that pays for insurance or mental health. So I just kept pushing through the grind. And then I was photographing a wedding 
and had my first panic attack and had no idea what was going on. Jordan, I thought I was, I thought I was dying. Hmm. I was in the middle of shooting family portraits, which you've been married. It's not, it's not, not a stressful situation. Right. Oh, well, I've been a wedding um, photographer for like a blip of my life, but I did do right. that. <laughs> that's right. So I'm shooting family portraits. You're like, Uncle Leonard, like put the beer down. Like, mm-hmm. Look forward. And I felt this wave of dizziness come over me. And it was super hot outside. So I was like, oh, I just, I feel really lightheaded. What's going on? And then it just kept kept happening more and more. And I looked over to my assistant and gave her this look like, no, I'm not okay. You have to take over. And I quietly excused myself, handed it over to my assistant and proceeded to go to the bathroom where I laid crumpled on the floor for four hours, unable to move. I was having full body convulsions. I was dry heaving. Anytime I would stand up, I would start like fainting. And I just felt like such a stranger to my body mm-hmm. and was like, what is, what is going on? And then I was also scared because I was shooting this multi-million dollar wedding and oh my gosh, are these people going to sue me because mm-hmm. I'm completely incapacitated? Um, so I ended up getting like hold of myself enough to finish the wedding, but it was like I was not okay. Mm-hmm. And I had my assistant kind of by my side the entire time in case I needed to just like jet out of there. And as soon as we left the wedding and got in the car, I mean, it lifted, it was gone, and I just felt so exhausted. But I just kind of chalked it up as like, huh, I must have not gotten a lot of sleep last night, which I hadn't. I, I hadn't eaten a lot the night the day before. It was super hot. Like, huh, I hope that doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. And then the next week, I went to shoot another wedding, shooting family portraits, same exact thing happens. And by then, I'm like, okay, this is not just something's going on. And within a month, I went from having them shooting weddings to I would be at church in the middle of worship, like, oh my gosh, I have to get out of here right now and like running out sobbing, like I can't breathe. I, mm-hmm. I, I felt like I was crawling out of my skin. It was just so scary. Mm-hmm. And um, I just remember lying in my bed after one panic attack and my best friend was, she would just come and sit with me because it kind of got to a point fairly quickly where I was afraid to go get my groceries and I was afraid to do anything because I just didn't know if this thing was going to happen. And I just remember her like sitting with me and I was just like, I don't know if I, what does normal feel like? I don't know if I'll ever feel normal again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was kind of like, I would say like one of the, the lowest of lows for me. Yeah. I just felt like, is this how, is this my new normal? Um, yeah. So that's kind of the genesis of when that really started. And then once that started, of course, I was like, I don't want this to happen again. How did I get here? And that's kind of when I started looking back over the the last few years and was like, oh, this has kind of been, I've been a, in a house that's, that's 
been smoking hmm. and the fire alarm's been going off, but I haven't been paying attention. Um, That's a good so, way to put it. Yeah. I totally relate to that. I mean, I, I think what you shared about the beginning, ha- hearing someone's story with anxiety and almost being like, okay, girl, you just need to chill. You know, you don't understand it. And it's hard to be empathetic mm-hmm. until you've experienced it and you experienced it in t- to such a, you know, deep and extreme degree um, to where it was like, wow, now the experience that you've had, I'm sure you have the ability to be so much more empathetic to that. But I certainly resonate with that because a couple of years ago, I would hear people share about their struggle with anxiety too. And I had the same approach. I was kind of like, well, that stinks, but maybe it's, you know, I I never really understood. It's really hard to understand. Um, until this past year and it didn't get to the point where you have been you know to where you were at but I do feel like I was given this kind of very clear picture of what living with that is like because there was about a year where I was in a very similar place hustling moving multiple times running a business building a team you know kind of had and then you know I also like you said you started a publication I started doing a lot of content creation online and I had you know what I what we often call an online audience. So of course, then you're like, okay, got to figure out how to steward this and show up for that and manage this. And how do I be a wife and move and do all these things? And I was just spinning on all cylinders (laughs) for months and months and months. Even though I had help, it was like, I just couldn't keep up anywhere. And I felt like I was constantly dropping plates. I was constantly just playing keep up and catch up. But what I started to realize was kind of like what you said where, oh, maybe I just haven't been getting enough sleep or, you know, you kind of just throw things off. But I started to wake up and literally every morning I would wake up and feel that. I don't know if you've ever experienced that where you wake up like, what's going wrong? Like you almost wake up like a, like every morning was like waking up from a bad dream, even though I hadn't had a bad dream. Yeah. And it was like, what do I need to fix today? What fire do I need to put out? What do I need to handle? Like, it wasn't just like, okay, I'm getting up and I'm doing my first task of the day and living my life, you know? And it was kind of scary Mm because after a while, I'm like, I am waking up thinking there's something wrong or someone's mad at me or there's a problem every single day now. And that's not usually Mm -hmm. the case, you know? Very rarely is there actually a real legitimate issue that I need to tackle first thing in the morning. And so that started to become an experience that I was having and very, kind of like you said, it was like a smoke alarm, but I just thought, well, maybe I'm just super overthinking recently, you know, (laughs) or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um... And then I remember uh, towards the end of this past summer, we had a couple different, I just had a lot, lot going on. And it was just kind of at that, it was kind of at the climax of it all. And I remember there was one night, it was, there was something that came up in the middle of my book writing project and I wasn't sure what the outcome would be. And I don't do well when I don't have control. <laughs> um, and uh, I don't know if you resonate with that at all, but I remember yeah, that well. night was the first time I experienced like an eight hour long experience with anxiety. I felt this really strange weight. And when I was laying Mm -hmm. there, I just felt like the entire world was like, I felt suffocated and claustrophobic in a very large space. Like I wasn't in a tiny space, but I felt like I was suffocating. Everything was caving in on me. Everything was going wrong. I mean, I must've asked my husband, I tapped him on the shoulder like four or five times throughout the night. And it was just this awful, like debilitating feeling. And I kept having to try to get up and walk around and then I'd get dizzy and I'd have to lay back down. <laughs> and I kept tapping him. And I'm like, can you pray for me? And I would be like, <sighs> you know, like breathing really heavy. He's like, oh my gosh. And he would do that. And thank you, Lord, you know, would try to pray for me and calm me down and just like rub my back. And I'd calm down a little bit. And then he'd fall back asleep because 
you know, he didn't really know what was going on. And I would just go back into the same, like, cycle, like, multiple times throughout the night. Mm-hmm. And then he had to get up at 6 or 7 a.m. And he was getting ready for work. And I remember I've never felt like this before. But I was, like, curled up in the fetal position in bed. And I saw him getting ready. And I was like, please don't leave me. Like, it was the weirdest. Oh. And, and I mean, seriously. And he, like, had to leave. And I thought, I can't be alone right now. And I didn't know why. Because, again, I'm like... Nothing, nothing's actually wrong. Like, I don't actually have pain, you know? Like, I just feel like everything's Mm -hmm. caving in on me, and I don't know what the outcome Mm -hmm. of this big thing I'm worrying about is going to be, and I don't know, you know, why I'm feeling this way, but I am. And like you said, it's just Mm -hmm. like, how do I get up and tackle this day? It can be, whether it's situational or the buildup of a lot of things, I think mine was a little bit of a combination of both, and maybe yours was too. Mm -hmm. You were in a stressful situation, Mm -hmm. and all of this past, you know, year or two in New York or whatever had kind of accumulated and started to affect that. And in a a very similar way, you know, when that happened for me and it was somewhat situational, like there was something that was like making me really stressed out that day, but it wasn't, Mm -hmm. it was like extreme. And I think it was such an accumulation of everything that had been going on prior to that day. Yeah. I mean, I think that first of all, I'm so sorry that you experienced that. And I, totally I understand and I've been there and mm-hmm. it's one of those things that for me at times has felt really hard to articulate to others yeah. because when you see someone that has a broken leg mm-hmm. you're instantly oh my gosh oh I, I, what can I get for you are you okay do you need help up the stairs but when you feel like you're losing your mind yeah. <laughs> you're like people are like uh yeah. um uh, like they can't you can't really show like look I'm bleeding right even though on the inside you're like I literally at least for me like in my head I was like is this what it feels like to unravel am mm. I losing it mm. um and I believe that for me there were some like spiritual warfare stuff going on as well mm. but I also realize now how as a culture as a society even as Christians, um, wherever you land spiritually or not, um, it's like we kind of use this stress or anxiety as a badge of honor or just an acceptance of a way of life. Hmm. And I just call BS on the whole thing because I'm like, no, that is not the way I, I, I refuse to succumb to that my life is going to be defined by stress, fear, anxiety. Mm -hmm. And the picture I get about it is it's like we're all walking around with a broken leg that wasn't set properly. Mm. And so we, you kind of like learn to deal with it and learn to walk with a limp, but it's not really ever getting better. Mm. We do not have to accept that. And my, I feel like, you know, faith, my faith with Jesus paints, Every, how I do everything, and I'm just like, that's not the life that God is inviting humanity into. Like, mm-hmm. the, the invitation that God has for humanity is one of peace, of hope, of mm-hmm. groundedness. Scripture says that God did not give me a spirit of fear, but mm-hmm. of power, love, and a sound mind. Scripture invites me to take every thought captive, so identifying what is causing the stress, what is causing the fear, and shifting the narrative, like flipping the script on that. Um, and for me, I didn't really start experiencing full healing until I really kind of unpacked the layers of what am I really afraid of right now? Now, I, there's a lot of really practical things and physical things that you can do when your body 
is an anxiety. For example, like you said, you woke up and you were just, you were feeling that fight or flight, which is actually really incredible that our body does that. God designed our bodies so intelligently and to heal us. So if we're really in a life-threatening situation, our body knows how to respond. Our body jolts these massive hormones, cortisol and adrenaline through our body to like jumpstart us to move. That is what is pulsing through our bodies when when we feel that anxiety, that fight or flight response has been activated in our bodies and it's designed to save us. Mm. What's difficult is that most of us are experiencing anxiety and we're not in life or death situations, but our mind is responding to our thought life. And so it's the, it's so important. Yes. Address the physical symptoms. If you're struggling with anxiety, get off coffee, get off alcohol, decrease sugar, decrease dairy, gluten, all those things really help get your body back at equilibrium and homeostasis because you want your system to be kind of leveled out and anything that spikes um, or decreases like the blood sugar in your system can cause anxiety. Mm-hmm. But the, what we need to do is really get to the root of what am I believing or mm-hmm. what am I not believing? Mm-hmm. So at the root of so much of what was coming up for me was I really felt like my life was up to me. But the reality is I actually don't really believe that. What I really believe is that God is in control and that God has my back. I believe that I'm surrounded by a community of people that are ready and willing to support me, but I was, I was not clinging to that as true. And sometimes we don't know the lies that we're believing until we look at the results of our actions. Mm-hmm. So based off results, I did not believe that God was for me. Mm. I would tell you that he was, but I wasn't living that way. So until I really started going back to the my thought life and the roots of what am I believing right now? Even if the worst case scenario happens, I'm still loved, I'm still seen, I'm still known. Even if things don't turn out the way I want them to turn out because of what I believe about who God is, I'm going to be safe and I'm going to be okay. Um, So for me, like really getting back to those root core places of what now I still struggle with anxiety. It just looks different. And I like God has healed me so much, but it's still something I'm moving through. And when it comes up, I now have tools like, okay, what am, what am I afraid of right now? Mm -hmm. What's coming up for me? Who can I reach out for? Who can I reach out to for support right now and say, hey, I'm having a moment. Can you remind me of what's true right now? Mm -hmm. Um, I love that. Um, I think, you know, I can 100% relate and, you know, just I love that you you share and you that you go to the root because I think sometimes we put a Band-Aid on problems and fail to really do the hard work and the heart work of getting to the root mm-hmm. of the problem. And, you know, in a very similar way, shortly after I had that experience, I remember being like, what is actually going on? Because if I look at this on paper, it's really not a world-changing, life-altering situation, right? And mm-hmm. um, that was really where I'd be like, what do I actually believe? And what do I actually, 
you know, focus on? Where am I really channeling my energy? Because I think that's the other thing is when we begin to believe like everything depends on me, I'm carrying the world. And we certainly can feel like that. And there are times that can feel super real, you know, when money is tight and we're on our own or we're transitioning. Um, And I think, you know, we forget that there's still room to rest and to take refuge. The biggest thing, at least that helped me and that you just recently touched on was having strategies, not just like kind of uh, generally broadly saying like, oh, well, you know, say, you know, remind yourself of truth. Like, what does that actually look like, you know, and how do I practically, tangibly embrace that rather than I think that we can hear, okay, I have to remind myself of truth, but that seems kind Mm -hmm. of out of reach when we're, you know, panicking and stressed out and overwhelmed. And it just is like, how's that going to help? You know, I think we can let our minds go there. And so I love that you said, um, I have to have a couple almost like strategies in place. I have to ask this. These are my go-to questions when I begin to feel this way. Okay. These are the actual things I say. Wait, hang on. You are seen. You are loved. And even if the worst case scenario, I think sometimes we don't want to go there. Like we're already mm-hmm. stressed out and anxious about the possible worst case scenario that instead of saying, okay, wait a second, if that happened, would that change this reality, right? Sure, it might hurt mm-hmm. or sure, it might be dangerous or sure, it might not be a fun experience to go through, but does that change my identity and what I'm rooted in? That's one big thing I have to ask myself. Like, even if the outcome that I want doesn't happen or the outcome I certainly don't want does happen, does that mm-hmm. change my identity? Am I still a daughter? Am I still seen? Am I still loved? Am I still, you know, held? Am I still cared for? And is there still a purpose in that? Do I believe that? You know, and mm-hmm. I think we have to kind of evaluate it in that way. Does my identity change when, even if the worst case scenario happened and the answer is no. So that ought to root us in security right there, right? Um, mm-hmm. And even just saying now, I also have to ask for help too. Like we, I don't think we're, I think we're part of the root of anxiety, at least in my experience. I don't know if this is true for you, but in any experience that I've ever had with it, um, it's like you said, I feel like I'm going at this alone and life depends on me and I'm sustaining my own life, which isn't true. Um, but we can begin to mm-hmm. think like, I have, I'm the boss of everything. And I like, you don't make the oxygen that you breathe. Right. So obviously you're not in control of your entire own life. Um, just if you mm-hmm. really want to look at it at a molecular level, but, um, the, the I guess, willingness to reach out and ask for help because I think so many of us feel like I have to be a one-woman show. Um, right. But we right. are not meant and to I, be a one-woman show. <laughs> that's right. And I think that's actually one of the great lies that our culture is giving us right now is, and I say this, caveat, I love Beyonce. I am like girl power. <laughs> like I love femininity. like the independent woman, all of that, but there's a subtle lie underneath that for women right now that says, be all things to all people Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. Be the mom, be the wife, be the single person, write the book, run the business, do the side hustle. Mm -hmm. And you know what? That's freaking exhausting. (laughs) And I'm like, it's no wonder we're all stressed out, depressed, struggling, having health issues and autoimmune disorders, our physical bodies are literally like, please stop. Mm -hmm. You can't do it all or you can't do it all at once. And the more that I have healed through it, I don't say I have anxiety. I say I'm moving through anxiety because anxiety is not my destiny. It's Mm -hmm. not who I am. It's, It's something that is a struggle at times, but it's not, it's, I refuse to like claim it as like part of who I am. I love um, that you said and that. I, because I think I, I think that. our words really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But 
faith is choosing to believe the unseen. Mm-hmm. And the more I have moved through this part of my story, the more mind-blowing faith is to me because it's actually really fascinating to me that we have circumstances that are black and white circumstances right in front of us. And those are real. Like that's, it's real that the anxiety is coming up. It's real that the book deadline is coming. It's real Mm -hmm. that there's $20 in the bank account and you have rent due in, in a week. All of those things are very real, but faith is choosing to believe a more ultimate reality. Faith is choosing to believe the unseen and the unseen can really feel really countercultural to what you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. So like the unseen is peace. The unseen is hope. The unseen is okay. My identity is not in my relationship status. The amount of Instagram followers I have or the money in my bank account it is who I am as a daughter of the king. That's who I am. Now, that takes courage to lean into when everything you're experiencing in your life, what you're feeling, what your circumstances are telling you, perhaps what even other people are putting on you is an opposite message. So I actually think it takes real discipline and courage mm-hmm. to call out and lean into the unseen. I'm like, it is fascinating to me that we have faith like mm-hmm. that. God even gives us the ability to that because I see I'm such a black and white person, Jordan. I'm like one plus one is two. Why mm-hmm. equals MX plus B? Give me an algebra formula all day long and I will be happy. Mm-hmm. But ask me to to imagine a different reality or possibility, that that is something altogether different. And I think that's that is one of the greatest invitations and beautiful things that have come from my anxiety from experiencing anxiety is that, first of all, I can lean on others. And it is not weakness to say, oh my gosh, Jordan, I'm struggling right now. Will you Mm -hmm. pray for me? Mm -hmm. That's actually strength. Mm -hmm. It's not weakness. It's strength and it's freedom. And it also is complete freedom and courage and imagination to lean into faith. Yeah. Let's just get to the core of what's actually happening, please. Yes. Yeah. Like first, the only way you can move through fear is by first acknowledging, here's what's coming up. This is mm-hmm. freaking me out. I'm feeling it in my body. Mm-hmm. My body is saying something to me. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. That feels, I don't like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now let me reach out for the support. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I need some food because I haven't eaten a lot and what am I not believing? What am I afraid of? And what's actually true? That's, I think, when things get really shifted. Hey, sister. Are you stressed out? Do you ever feel like this whole idea of simplifying is kind of over your head? Okay. If so, I am here to say that simplifying does not have to be rocket science. And if you are sick of feeling stressed out, I have a free resource for you. I put together something called the Silent Stressor Challenge, and it is ultimately something that's gonna help you identify some of those unseen areas in your life that might actually be stressing you out more than you realize. It's gonna help you identify core areas to de-stress in five days. Because I truly believe that mindset that we can sometimes have when we shove something in a closet and think out of sight, out of mind, yeah, no, my friend, that is a lie. If you've ever shoved messes into a closet and forgot about coming back to clean them, chances are you haven't forgot about them at all. In fact, those unseen messes in the back of your mind might just be stressing you out more than you think. 
So if you are a busy gal and you're feeling stressed out and there's all these little areas that you've neglected, stop putting it off. This challenge gives you everything you need to get started and you don't have to do it alone. We have an amazing community of women that are going to be starting this challenge on January 28th and I want you involved. Just go to jordanleedooley.com forward slash challenge, sign up, get involved in the free community. This is going to be awesome. Hey, hey, friend, sorry to interrupt this episode, but you're not going to want to miss this. I don't know if you heard, but Tim Tebow has a movie coming out called Run the Race. Run the Race is a movie made with students in mind, and it's being called the movie that youth groups across the country should be planning to see. It's relatable, it's relevant, it's inspiring, and really funny. It also shows what's possible when we run towards the love of God. The movie's going to be in theaters on February 22nd, and you can get tickets at runtheracemovie.com. But if you'd like to be entered to attend the premiere, walk the red carpet, hang out with me, yep, I'm going to be there, and watch the premiere with Tim Tebow, you can sign up at runtheracemovie.com slash she. The giveaway includes free airfare, travel, hotel, and admission for two to the premiere in LA on February 11th at the Egyptian Theater. You'll also get exclusive access to the after party. The lucky winner will be announced on January 31st, so hurry up and go to runtheracemovie.com slash she, and I might just see you there. A couple things that you said really resonated with me, and um, first thing would be, you know, for, I love that you said, I, I don't say I have anxiety. Yeah, you can quote unquote have anxiety, but if you are saying I have anxiety, I have anxiety, I have anxiety out loud all the time, what that starts to do, I think, is solidify that as part of who you are in your brain because the words we speak, like you said, have power. And so there are a ton of things that make up who I am and that's not one of them, but why am I giving it so much precedent and power in my words? And so even mm-hmm. saying something like this, yeah, this is a part of something I'm moving through, um, you know, and it's it's definitely relevant and it's definitely prominent in my mm-hmm. life, but it doesn't have power over my life because I'm not going to keep giving it that power just by choosing my words a little bit more carefully. We begin to believe what comes mm-hmm. out of our mouth. You know, I think everything that comes out of our mouth is a manifestation of what's in our heart. I truly, truly believe That's that. Right. I love that you pointed out word choice. I think that really is important. And another thing that you had mentioned was kind of having the courage and the discipline to speak into that and how that can be really difficult in the moment. Um, Mm -hmm. And I want to kind of paint this picture for listeners, and maybe you'll resonate with this a little bit too, but I just came to my mind, and it's something that I had to kind of choose because when after I had that experience, I kind of still, like you said, kept pushing along, kind of like wrote it off as like, oh, I was just worried about that one situation, even though that's like way extreme for something that small, right? So I didn't really come to grips with it for several weeks until I kind of did just hit a burnout point. And I literally was like, I quit everything. I want to run. It was literally like I wanted to forget everything and run. And it's kind of like that fight or flight mentality, um, like Mm -hmm. you had mentioned. And, you know, that was, I ended up taking a really big step back from everything I was doing, evaluating like, why am I saying this, but not experiencing this? Or what does Mm -hmm. this look like in practice versus what does this look like, you know, personally? And all these different things that I started to evaluate. And I just really took some time to be still and be like, God, what's going on? And are we doing this together? Or am I just trying to like run full speed ahead and be this person and be this image? And interestingly though, I, when I took this huge step back, which was so unnatural for me, I was like, this stinks. I don't like this, you know, like what's going on. But 
in that month or so that I really was like, what are some basic important things that I'm neglecting in my personal life, in my disciplines, in my, you know, spiritual life, in my relationships, like all these different things. What have I been neglecting because I'm so focused on this big, like the big stuff, right? Or what seems like big stuff. And I began to realize there were so many basic disciplines that I wasn't actually stewarding and making adjustments on and really doing well. And so the internal part of my life just kind of felt like it was crumbling. You know, I was maintaining all this stuff on the Mm -hmm. outside, but the internal part was just exhausting. And when I took that month, um, I think what I realized was, and what I really began to work on was if you think about if you're training for, let's say, a marathon or a half marathon, in the moment, if you are running a half marathon and your body is basically freaking out, it's like, what are you doing to me? Why are you making me run this much? Hello? You know, <laughs> it's going to be really hard for you to just mentally power through that because your body isn't trained for it, right? Like you, if you didn't train for it and you just showed up to a half marathon or a marathon and decided you wanted to run it right around mile two, three, or four, depending on, you know, what, how much experience you've had with running, your body's going to start rejecting you. And it's going to be really hard to just start saying, okay, but I am strong and I am loved and I am seen and this is worth it and I can make it. Like, no, you can't. You know, like you can't if you haven't been practicing and preparing for that and disciplining yourself outside of the moment or the challenge itself. And so Mm -hmm. that was something that I realized was we tend to, I think, say, okay, well, I want to be disciplined in that moment to say this, but when your body's freaking out or your mind's freaking out and you can't get yourself to really zero in, you're not trained for that moment. So that means that those basic disciplines, everything that you speak over yourself, everything that you spend your time doing, the way that you invest your time, the voices you allow to speak into your mind, all those little tiny decisions outside of what might be a moment of you know, complete uh, panic or anxiety or stress or fear that can become, I mean, if we're just kind of managing it and then it flares up, if we're only trying to attack it when it flares up, I don't think that's going to be that effective. That's like trying to run a marathon without having trained the disciplines that it takes to prepare for the challenge, right? So I don't know. I just think the best way I'm saying, I don't even know if I'm explaining this very well, but I just think what I took away from that is it takes discipline and courage to be able to do that. And I think that means and requires us to practice that discipline and that courage outside of when our anxiety isn't flaring up. Would you agree with that? Does that make sense? I I absolutely agree. And I think that healing really comes with the collision of addressing the physical and the spiritual. So it's not enough to just pray about it. Right, right. (laughs) Right? Or let me just like, what are my truth statements? Because there are real physical things coming up, but Mm -hmm. it's also not enough to just... um, to just attack the physical. So mm-hmm. for me, like pre, so if we're saying like pre-workout, what are you doing? Or pre-anxiety, mm-hmm. because I remember when I first, when I was, you know, neck deep in it, one of my mentors was like, it's probably going to happen again. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, oh, I'm going to have a panic attack just because you said that. Like, how could you ever say this? Like, God made me free, you know? Mm-hmm. And she was like, here's the deal. It's probably going to happen again. And it's going to probably happen again after that. And it's going to be okay. But let's just get you, let's get you at a healthy place so that you can have those tools when those things happen. So for me, pre, just what I realized kind of scaling back in my life is working 80 hours a week is not a win. Mm -hmm. And I get to have work-life balance. And so I really went back to the basics physically Mm -hmm. in my life. So I always love giving people like something to hang their hats on. So what that looks like for me is I get at least seven to eight hours of sleep a night, 
that's not negotiable for me. That's seven to eight hours of sleep a night. I eat three meals a day. I made it a non-negotiable in my life to be in God's Word and to meditate five days a week in the morning before my day started. So what else is anxiety-inducing? When you wake up and before you even roll out of your bed and are scrolling Instagram, checking Mm -hmm. emails, I don't even look at Instagram, email, phone until after I've spent time in stillness and meditation. Mm -hmm. Some days that's 10 minutes. Some days that's an hour. Some days it's five minutes. Some days it's 30 minutes. But Mm -hmm. a physical like manifestation of my day starts focusing on what really matters. Mm -hmm. Um, I have made a commitment to myself to work out five, five times, sometimes six times a week. So I'm moving my body. What is something that releases cortisol and adrenaline from our system? Working out. Mm -hmm. It also releases dopamine and oxytocin. So Mm -hmm. those are hormones in our body that help us feel good. They're Mm -hmm. the reward centers of our body. It's that, that, you know, gush of that we feel when we get a text message from a guy we think is cute Mm -hmm. or a like on our Instagram. So doing those things physically really like, that is helping. I mean, you talk about helping your body in every single area of your life. That's not going to just help with anxiety, depression, stress. Mm -hmm. That's going to help with everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But really like physically for me, like that was going back to the basics Mm -hmm. and then knowing, okay, if, when this happens, what are things I can do? Well, actually we can really train our bodies how to calm down. One way to do that is through breath work. So mm-hmm. when I experience anxiety, we have different parts. It's basically our nervous system is like, ah, yeah. like it's freaking out. Yeah. So our parasympathetic nervous system is a part of our nervous system that when it's activated, tells our, it, it literally tells our body you're safe here. You can be safe. You can release. You are safe. Mm-hmm. So how do we activate that? We exhale more than we inhale, which can be really hard when you're experiencing anxiety but I promise you, you can do it because I practice it all the time. Hmm. So a very simple way to practice uh, parasympathetic breathing work is you can inhale for four counts, hold for four, exhale for six, hold for four. So that's called box breathing, or you can just inhale for four and exhale for six. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can increase that over time when you when you want. But what that actually, it actually activates rest in your system. Hmm. Another thing you can do while you're breathing is put your tongue on the roof of your mouth. When you put your tongue on the roof of your mouth, it releases your jaw, which then releases the stress centers, which then again activates that parasympathetic part of your nervous system. Um, so I think I'm, I know I'm barreling out a lot of things right now, Jordan, but no, I this think is it good. is super important <laughs> yeah. to know that there are actually like God designed our bodies to heal. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's so incredible. So there are actually, I think with the collision of that physical practice with, all right, God help me, Jesus protect me, be my covering, reaching out to friends and loved ones. I'm struggling right now. Can you support me? Or if you just need to not do that, that thing that's anxiety inducing for a little bit, give yourself space to heal. Mm-hmm. You don't always have to push through. Um, yeah. so those are, I mean, talk, that's for me, how I get ready for the battle. Mm-hmm. And I love that song right now that like everyone's listening to, like, 
Um, I think it's my upper room. It says, like, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we we are, we do experience battle in our everyday lives, mm-hmm. but, like, that's where the faith piece comes in because the battle is real, but we actually are surrounded by hope mm-hmm. and peace, mm-hmm. and it's really connecting to that and really connecting our physical bodies to that as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that yeah. you, you said a couple times, first of all, Amen to all of that. Thank you. (laughs) You're preaching Mm -hmm. to my soul, my friend. Um, Mm -hmm. But one thing that you just mentioned that really resonated with me on top of everything was that you kept saying, we just need to go back to the basics. And this is so funny because when I, you know, had that experience towards the end of the last summer and was said, I just, I need to pull everything and really get focused on what's really going on. Um, one of the biggest phrases that I felt like just come kept coming to my heart, don't know where, I mean, I believe it came from God, but I mean, like, I wasn't doing anything with this. I had never even thought of this before, but I just kept getting this very simple phrase, back to the basics. And over the course of that month, I was like, what does that mean? Like, I and I started to evaluate every element of my disciplines, my life, from my faith to my physical disciplines, to how those things go together, to my relationships, to my financial disciplines. Like, I was really starting to see, you know, if you, I I was holding it, you know, like you can kind of hold something, but miss a lot because things are slipping through the cracks. If you're not really focused on those Mm -hmm. basic things, I think that's what's so hard about our culture is we're so... Um, just inundated with big things, right? We see all these events Mm -hmm. online and big announcements and milestones and pressure to get the degree or start that job or land that opportunity or whatever, which is great. Like, I'm all about motivating you to, you know, get after it. However, Mm -hmm. not without balance because what I realized was we so focus on these big things that we often miss the basic things because they just seem basic. They seem like, yeah, we should be doing mm-hmm. that, you know? Um, and so even like you said, like, these are some non-negotiable commitments I have to make. Set Like, for me, it was setting a consistent bedtime, and it was asking my husband to do that with me. It was, okay, four mm-hmm. to five times a week, this is the time I'm going to work out. Because what I was noticing was, you know, interestingly enough, I don't have a ton of, like, obviously horrible habits. You know, I wasn't eating French mm-hmm. fries three meals a day all the time and, you know, all this stuff. Like, I wasn't doing things that you'd be like, oh, that, that's probably a pretty bad habit, right? But I lacked a lot of order, a lot of consistency, and a lot of discipline when it came to my quiet time, when it came to my workouts, when it came to, you know, where I was investing my time, when it came to my sleep, when it came to my eating habits. Like, all these things were just healthy enough or, like, decent, mm-hmm. you know, or but pretty disorderly and just kind of, like, thrown together. So there'd be—I'd work out a couple times a week, but, like, one night it'd be at 8 p.m. before bed, and then it'd be the next day at lunch when I had 30 minutes, and then it would just be kind of all over. And I understand that there are seasons where you have to be more flexible like that, but that had just become my reality. Mm-hmm. And so my body was mm-hmm. like, what's going on? I don't know what to expect. I had no type of routine. I had no type of pattern. And I think that can really begin to affect, you know, when you don't have soul disciplines and physical disciplines and all of that, it really does affect your mind. Would you, you know, that's kind of interesting it, that— It does. Yeah. And when you said back to the basics, yeah. like, that's been like the thing. And that even applied to my work. Like, I felt like the Lord was even like, you know— get back to the basics of why you started all this. Like, there's so many different things we can begin to, we can almost like perceive expectations and try to live into those. And I had Mm -hmm. felt like, I think that's what Mm -hmm. I've been doing rather than just being raw and like intentional with where I'm at, you know, instead of trying to be that or this or whatever. And that was huge, like freeing for me too. It was almost like I had permission to 
not live into perceived expectations, which I think so often, and that's why I say perceived expectations, because they there might be some that are real, but I think the most real expectations we struggle and try to live into and feel like anxiety and stress to try to live into, mm. the most real ones are the ones we, we embrace for ourselves. A lot that we actually mm. create is that oh, this is a perceived expectation. So this is what you want of me based off of, you know, my evaluation here or there. And I think that can create this need to perform and achieve and be and prove and have all the answers and do this. And I begin to feel like that's kind of what I've been trying to maintain. <laughs> and that's not necessarily right. who I am or where I really am at. And maybe I just need to get back to the basics and not feel the pressure, you know, but that's going to take some heart work and some discipline and a little bit of a pause and some growth. And I'm going to have to slowly bring others along with me on that. But I just have to be working in that freedom and working in that place of just getting back to the basics and being like, okay, God, what does this look like today? And like, keep it simple. You know, I was so almost stressing myself out because I was making it too much. And it's actually quite simple. And I don't think, I think we can overlook the power of our own voice or the gifts that we have or using the current experience that we have for good because we're trying to live into some perceived expectation, which of course creates a pressure to prove unnecessarily, right? So that only just makes it worse. So I don't know. I just, I love yeah, you to mention that phrase because that's, that's been that's my, so life, right. my heartbeat recently. <laughs> it's yeah. just back to the basics. Back to the basics. <laughs> yes. And I feel like that's one of the ways that we connected. We're like, oh my gosh, let's make this stuff practical. And mm-hmm. the reality is our behaviors don't change until the price outweighs the reward. So if, you know, as far as even just going back to the basics, I mean, all right, let's say you want to lose 10 pounds. Well, if that doesn't happen until the price always the reward. So if I'm eating a chocolate cake, I'm not reaching my goal, but I'm also getting a reward. It feels good. I like the way it tastes. And maybe I don't feel good enough to be lighter or whatever the goal is. I think, I think the price versus reward thing goes to even this part of anxiety and going back to the basics. So if I think that my identity is in what I do, that's a really big reward I'm getting by leaning into the anxiety. But when once I'm like, you know what? I don't want to live this way anymore. I don't want to be stressed out. I don't want to lose sleep. I don't want to have stress rashes all over my body. The price outweighs the reward. So then I am motivated to transform my behavior. Mm-hmm. I guess you and I are both like beating beating the drums of going back to the basics. Simplify, simplify. Mm-hmm. If you don't work out at all, maybe work out, try going on a walk twice a week. If you don't do a quiet time at all, maybe start with, I love Jesus Calling. Read a Jesus Calling. It takes five minutes mm-hmm. in your mornings. Like, start small. Because I think when the goal is like, well, I want to run a marathon tomorrow, but I've never right. even walked a mile, mm-hmm. then you're setting yourself up for failure. Right. I always say incremental, implementable, imperfect action, <laughs> which is kind of a tongue twister. Yes. But that's, oh, what that's, it takes, so that's what it takes to do anything. I think we hear so often, like, you want to see big change? You got to take massive action. And it's like, cool, I'm going to go run a marathon tomorrow and get shin splints because I'm not trained for that. You know, so everybody mm-hmm. loses then and I'm crumpy and I'm hurting and, you know, and yeah. so it's like. And then you're like, see, I can't get my goal. See, I right. can't run a marathon. 
speaking, like we're proving to ourselves and right. the world See, around us. I can't us that overcome we can't do this. It. I can't climb this mountain, right? I think anxiety or stress or fear or all of the above, which kind of all go together, mm-hmm. they can feel like this mountain. And I think what so often we expect and want to do is be like, well, I prayed and I should be at the top by now. Like I should be over this. Or, well, so and so, like mm-hmm. I love that your mentor was like, this is probably going to happen again. Like this is a thing that you take a mm-hmm. step at a time to climb. And we live in such an instantaneous culture. Like, well, you want to mm-hmm. you want to eat? Like, go to open table and, you know, tomorrow, and you know, 40 minutes, you'll be at dinner. And like, it's everything is so quick. You want a movie? Get on Netflix. Like, so when you have to tackle real life things, like you can't Amazon Prime that, right? Like you can't just be like, oh, one click of a button and it's done. It's a small one step at a time type of mountain to tackle. And that's why it's so important to have those people that will come alongside you and climb the mountain with you and cheer you on when your legs start burning. But it also requires some training. And that's where the incremental, implementable, imperfect action is. It needs to be incremental or small enough that it's manageable because we try to bite off more than we can chew and then we give up three days later, right? So it needs to be incremental. It needs to be implementable. It needs to be something that we can say, this isn't out of my ability to actually implement into my daily life. Like I personally cannot implement two kickboxing classes into everyday life, but I can implement Mm -hmm. something as simple as the discipline of getting up at a certain hour every morning and starting my day with 10 stretches. That is not rocket Mm -hmm. science and that is not a whole lot of skin off my own back, right? And so that's something small and it can be implemented right away. I don't need a degree to do that. I don't need, you know, and then I can add to that. I can say, now I'm going to start jogging or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. and then it needs to be imperfect action. Like we, like you said, we can overcomplicate it. Sometimes we can over-spiritualize it. We can make it so passive, like, oh, we'll just say these truth statements. And it's like, no, say truth statements, but it has to be matched with action too. Um, like if I just Mm -hmm. say, I'm a good runner, I'm an athlete, like I, God gave me legs, like all that is true, but that doesn't mean I'm going to run a marathon tomorrow, right? So that means I need to slowly take some imperfect action. I might have to walk a little while in the beginning of my training. I might only be able to run a couple hundred meters at a time. But the fact is that I'm taking action and I'm putting my shoes on and I'm going and running on the street, right? And I'm getting myself to move and then slowly I'll be able to run a few more hundred meters and then eventually a mile and then eventually two miles. But it's going to be imperfect at first because no one just, unless you're, you know, not a real human, like no one just runs multiple miles at a time without building up to that. And so I always say this phrase and remind myself of that when I set big goals or I have vision or I want to tackle a certain challenge in my life or get over a roadblock or a mountain, whether that's anxiety or a a career-based project or something else. And it is so helpful because it sets my mind in the right place. And I'm able to say, what's something I can do that's incremental, that I can implement today? And what is the imperfect action I need to take to make that happen? Whether that's in my marriage, in my finances, in my work, and how I'm struggling with anxiety or anything else in life. And I think that mindset just really makes a huge difference, at least for me. (laughs) Yes, girl. Yes, yes, yes. You are just, it's so true. I just, I'm taking notes from our conversation and... I want to put that on my dresser, incremental, implementable, and perfect action. One thing that I always say is done is better than perfect. Mm -hmm. Like, perfection is paralyzing. Mm -hmm. I'm like, let's just, like, throw the perfection out the window. The only person that will ever be perfect is Jesus. And Talk about taking the pressure off. I know. Seriously. So I love that. I think it's so good, and it's so freeing Mm -hmm. um, to hear that. So, yeah, thanks for sharing that. 
Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing your story so vulnerably with me and all my girls. I really appreciate just the willingness to not only share like, hey, this is what I struggled with, but this is, you know, spiritually, practically, scientifically, everything that I have learned about it that has helped me that, you know, you might be able to implement. Um, And it's just really, I just love how much meat is in this conversation. I honestly want to listen to it 15 more times. <laughs> I'm so glad it's recorded. This is great. Um, but I, I, before we before we hop off, can you just maybe, I know you kind of touched on it throughout, but just to kind of summarize or maybe give a couple of key, um, just a couple practical things and ways that they, any listener who might be feeling like this is the mountain I've just not been able to climb or I'm just so struggling with this right now. Could you just give a word of encouragement or a couple little practical things that they can implement to begin that healing and get to that place? of I'm moving through anxiety. This is forward action. I'm not stuck under it or I don't have it and it's part of who I am. Yes, absolutely. So to to the woman who is listening to this who feels stuck, I just want you to know that you're not alone. You are so not alone. Gosh, I've been there. And I know it feels like it'll never not be like this, but it will get better. It's not always going to be like this. Fear, anxiety, feeling stuck, feeling shame. It's not your destiny. It's not the plan that God has for your life. God has one so filled with freedom for you. And that's possible not just for other people. It's also possible for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to say that first and foremost. Like, you are not alone. And freedom is possible. And the biggest thing I would encourage you to do today is to pause and say, Kind of start listening, journal them down. What are some, I call them narratives. Some people call them limiting beliefs, lies, whatever you want to call them. What are some of those conversations that come up for you and write them down? Whether that's, I'm afraid of being alone. I Mm -hmm. feel trapped. I feel stuck. I feel like my finances are up to me, future, relationship, status, et cetera. Write those down in one column. In the next column, write down what's true because we can't really combat the lie until we know what's true. Mm-hmm. And so what's true is I'm not alone. Uh, my future is not up to me. And I I get those where I get my true statements are from Scripture. Um, and that is what really grounds me. Um, so I would say identify the fear narratives and shift those perspectives to what's true, like literally write them down and get them on paper and then share them with another person that can help you walk through that. And then I would say, try to, if we're just talking like action steps, what's one thing that you can do today to go back to the basics, Mm -hmm. whether that's ensuring that you have three meals today, ensuring that you get to bed on time, ensuring that you spend maybe even just five minutes in meditation or prayer or silence or reading a psalm, what's one small action step that you can do to give yourself space, hope, connection to God and yourself? Um, and then also, Jordan, I actually have a whole PDF that I that's free that I give to people with, um, like, I think there's like 10 or 15 of these just basic things that I can send your way to send to your listeners as well if you want. That would be great. We'll definitely link that in the show notes so that if anyone wants access to that and just maybe a little, uh, yeah, just a little guidance or something that they can tangibly see, that would be super helpful. That's great. 
Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. I mean, you know, y'all, we're, we're not counselors. We don't have all the answers. We don't claim to be. We've just, you know, Kat's clearly experienced this and done a lot of growing through it and has, you know, really been counseled through it and grown and learned. And so we're really, and so have I in many ways. And so we just really want to encourage you and pass on what we've learned. There's so much more, you know, that we could probably say, (laughs) um, we're not professionals, but we do just want to be your friend and remind you, you're not alone. There are a few simple action steps that you can take to at least begin to make those little incremental steps. And we encourage you to seek help too. The last thing I just want to say is don't be ashamed of seeking help, whether that's from a friend, from a mentor, whether that's professional help, whether that's meeting with, you know, a a pastor or someone that really um, has your best interest in mind and has ideally, you know, some experience with this and might even have some expertise in this area to really be able to help you really find the best steps and practices that you need to take based Mm. off of where you're at. So don't be ashamed of seeking help. Yeah, that's just kind of what I want to leave us with is, sister, you're not alone. Also, you don't have to do this alone. Seek the help that's necessary and just keep battling it. Get up every day and battle it. And it's not something you have to do by yourself. So... And on that note, Kat actually had shared with me that there is a really awesome therapist that she recommends to anyone struggling with this. And so, Kat, can you just share that really quick for anyone who might be like, yeah, I need to seek some help with this, like some professional help with this? Absolutely. Because the reality is Jordan and I are pilgrims in the progress with you guys. We're not medical health professionals. We are sharing our own experiences, which is powerful. But the reality is Therapy has been something that has blessed me and transformed me so much. And if you are in crisis, we want to give you some someone to actually reach out to. Um, her name is Therese Moscardo. Her website is drtherese.com. That's D-R-Therese-T-H-E-R-E-S-E.com. She does online Skype calls. She's incredible. So if you are in crisis, do not be afraid to reach out for therapy. Hmm. Thanks so much for sharing that. You guys, we're going to link that in the show notes. So if you do want to at least do yourself a favor of at least checking that out, (laughs) you know, giving it a chance and doing that, click that link. We're going to put it in the show notes and you can be sure to go check out Dr. Therese. So, all right, y'all. Thanks so much for listening. Kat, thanks for being on. I super appreciate it. This has been awesome. Yes. Yes. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Wasn't that Awesome. I loved everything Kat shared. I love getting to be able to share a little bit of my story, maybe a piece you were unaware of or didn't know. However long you've been following along, maybe you were there for the journey when I pulled this podcast and maybe you saw that or maybe you've just hopped into the, you know, online family that I've got growing here. Either way, I really love that conversation with her. And one thing that stood out to me was Kat talked about getting back to the basics. And as I mentioned, that has been such a heavy phrase on my heart. And um, that was really a big thing that I felt like when I had to, when I hit compl- burnout. When I started to notice I was waking up every morning just feeling so anxious, so exhausted, so overwhelmed, so um, honestly even just afraid that things were going wrong, like my world was spinning and out of control and all of that that can just be so exhausting to live with day in, day out. Um, I took a break and, you know, I don't necessarily think I would say, you know, that I struggle with anxiety chronically, but I did get to have some experiences with what it's like to um, feel anxious, you know, and to have an anxiety attack or a panic attack, quote unquote. Um, 
And one thing that I found was I just felt like every time I'd pray about it, God would be like, get back to the basics, you know, like stop trying to steward this, all this outer stuff and all that and get back to the basics. And so I put myself on this 30-day plan. I took a break. I put myself on this 30-day plan and I really zeroed in on getting back to the basics and how I managed my time and how I planned my weeks and how I decluttered my space, how I cared for my environment, how I cared for my relationships, how I set boundaries, how I created communication tools, how I stewarded my business put best practices into place, structure, everything from that to even things like social media and disciplines with that and learning and relational. I mean, literally, it was like Whole30 for my life. (laughs) Not necessarily for my diet, but just for my life, for how I functioned, for how I operated day to day. And I'm telling you, it was game-changing. I just kind of made it up for myself. I felt like there was these four key areas that I was really struggling, and I thought, oh, this is so hard, you know? And so I really focused on those relational, physical, um, kind of environmental that really links to mental clarity when everything's a mess, it feels like my head's a mess, and personal time management, that kind of a thing. Um, And so I put myself on this plan, and it was a game changer. I felt like I came out on the other side with so much more clarity, so much more... um, passion, so much more confidence, so much more intentionality. My days felt less cluttered. I could go on for hours as to how much change I experienced. Um, But with that, I I started to get questions online. People would ask me, hey, um, what's that thing you're doing? You know, every now and then I'd share about what I was decluttering or getting rid of or what I was doing when it came to planning or um, disciplines Matt and I were implementing into our marriage or our relationship or our routines. And people were like, what plan are you on? You know, like, what are you doing? And I was like, you know, i I don't know. I'm just getting back to the basics. But I realized I had put together this plan that was a month long that I had really just disciplined myself to be on that I created for myself. And when I started getting questions, I thought, you know what? Maybe other people are in the same place that I was. Maybe other people are feeling that immense burnout, waking up every morning going, what's wrong? You know, what do I need to fix? Or feeling that there's an elephant sitting on their chest because there's just so much to do and they're just so overwhelmed and their minds are cluttered and everything. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to put this into a resource. I'm going to put this into a course. I'm going to make it available for anyone who's like, I need to get on that plan. I need to experience that change. So we created Back to the Basics Bootcamp. It's a course that's available. It's going to be available February 4th, which is right around the corner. But if you get in right now, there's an early enrollment, secret early enrollment special. So if you're a podcast listener or on the email wait list, that's the only way you can hear about it until um, it goes away on February 1st. It'll end on February 1st and you won't have access to it. Um, so if you do the early enrollment, you get access to the community early. You get a super discounted price on it. You get a live Q&A video call with me and everyone else that's joined early. And you get a kind of that early access to the foundations video to kind of your first steps to making an action plan, really making this a priority throughout the month of February, or if you decide to do it, you know, in, in March or whatever, whenever is best for you. But if you do this early, it's really, really worth it. So I encourage you to at least check it out if you're feeling this. Go to jordanleedooley.com forward slash bootcamp dash early dash enrollment, or you can just do forward slash bootcamp and learn about it. It's the same thing, but you can get in the early enrollment if you use that link. So check it out. I really encourage you to, if it's something that you want, I think it'll bless your life. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content, and it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in.
To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. This show is a part of the Lasting Media Network and produced by John Fender, Jason Barrett, and Jonas Litton with the help of Jackson Willis. Visit lastingmediagroup.com to learn more. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less.